chopped off heads, big heads and blood. To me, riffs are fucking timeless. You've got generations of people going to see them. It's our best album so far. The fans have been asking for it. They've been asking for it for years. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It's like music we play, man. You're either going to like it or not. There are satanic bands. Some of them really aren't. We're playing the craziest drunken debauchery show we've played probably ever. It is not a condition that they do in a podcast. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Welcome, metal fans. It's The Great Metal Debate Podcast, episode 56, fall 2018. This is your host, Robert, also known as Gone Dog Metallicus. It's been a while since we've been with you, but we've got a solid episode in store that you're sure to enjoy. First, we're checking in with our friend and metal fan Xander to hear about his experience seeing Canadian power metalers unleash the archers on their recent Apex tour of North America. Then, I'll be giving you my report from attending one of the most influential metal festivals in America, the 2018 Prague Power USA event in Atlanta, Georgia. Plus, we'll be previewing our upcoming podcast, Counting Down the Best Metal Albums of the Year. But next, we'll start off with some solid black metal, a great track by the band Promethean Horde. Prepare to perish in the elements. Nothing. 
That was Perish in the Elements by Promethean Horde off their 2014 album, Ashes of the Empyrean. Now we're joined by our friend and metal fan, Xander. You got to go to a show recently, some bands that we're fans of here on the podcast, including the amazing Unleash the Archers. I've known about Unleash the Archers since summer of 2013, so it's been about a good five years. So uh, the first song I ever heard from them was General of the Dark Army. I bought that album, and I had it on repeat for several months before I finally bought Behold the Devastation and the Defy the Skies EP. It, yeah, it, and I finally got to see them live. I live here uh, in Clarksville, Tennessee, and the nearest show was Greenville, South Carolina. And at the time, they had um, the tail end of the hurricane storms come in, so what was supposed to be only be a six-hour drive there ended up being an eight-hour drive, but it was worth it in the end because it is hands down the greatest show I've ever been to. And it, it was just this surreal moment whenever I entered that bar and I saw them all standing by their flag that had their logo on it. I was like, oh, my God, you know, I'm finally seeing these people in person. And having met them up in Covington, Kentucky, after the show, they all seemed super nice, very down-to-earth, willing to sign autographs, talk. Oh, yeah, they are all very kind people. Um, I talked to Scott, Grant, Andrew, um, and, of course, this tour, they had a a replacement bass player. His name is Rich. He's from another death metal band. I forgot what the name of it was. He was a pretty down-to-earth guy, too. And, of course, Brittany, she autographed the poster for me, uh, making out to me. It says, thank you for being so rad, Sander. At the end of the show, I managed to get a pick from Grant. They tossed it right to me. It, it, it was amazing. And there were a number of other bands on the bill, starting with a local band, Rough and It's Well. Yes, and the singer is actually a friend of mine who had only who I had met at the Rivers of Night Hill, Dired as Murder and Dying Fetus show that I went to back in April in Knoxville. She was just standing in line right in front of me, and uh, she talked about how she was in a band called At Death's Behest. But apparently she's not in that band anymore, because whenever... I was waiting in line to go into the bar in Greenville. I saw her, and she saw me, and she was like, hey, I know you. And um, I was like, oh, cool. You know, um, is that Death's Behest playing tonight? And she goes, oh, no, um, my uh, my new band is playing. And, uh, you know, they're um, some good symphonic death metal. Uh, I was very surprised. I really liked their uh, opera singer that they had, their keyboard player. He, he was kind of putting on a show, too, even though they didn't have room for him on the stage. Uh, he, he still let people know that he was there. Now, um, those of you guys who I know are, are aware of Helion Prime, uh, Heather Michelle was the original singer for the debut self-titled album. And she unfortunately left the band to go to the band called Grave Shadow. They have since replaced her with a, a, a new singer named Zozos Michael, but the problem is that he lives all the way out in Europe, and he was unable to obtain his visa to tour in the United States. So they had to replace him with yet another singer named Mary, and she nailed it whenever I saw her at the show. In fact, right before they started playing, the members of Helion Prime were all setting up, but I looked behind me, and I see this girl in a hood, and I'm like, hey, are you, are you, aren't you the singer? And she goes, shh, 
yeah, I am. And I'm like, oh, cool, cool. You're just you're gonna get up at the last second. Awesome. Uh, and she did. <laughs> that was pretty cool. How she fooled everybody to think that she was just somebody in the audience. But nope, she gets up on stage and starts singing. And oh my gosh, she did a great job. <laughs> it, it was a thrill for sure. Oh, the very last song that they played was the song called Ocean of Time. And she saw me mouthing all the lyrics to all the other songs during the entire set. And, and she could tell that I was probably the most into the music person in the whole crowd. Uh, so whenever uh, the time came for her to say the words Ocean of Time, she held the microphone to my mouth so I could say that. That's awesome. always awesome when a fan can participate in the show. I love whenever bands do that for their fans, especially the ones that they can tell are the most dedicated of fans. It gives their fans a story to tell their friends that couldn't make it to the show. They're also one of our friends of the podcast we've had on before. The guys in Striker were there. Yes, not to be confused with Striper. I had never heard them before until the show. And, man, they put on a killer show, too. Like, that main guitarist, every riff he played, he made sure he, his guitar was in the faces of the people in the, in the front crowd. He walked and ran all over the stage. And the, the whole band was very high energy. And, uh, of course, the singer was great. The drummer was great. The bassist was great. Both the guitarists were great. Uh, all their singing was great. Uh, and I have yet to listen to any other albums yet since the concert, but it's definitely on my list of things to do. I mean, they've got some great albums, some, some really powerful Canadian power metal. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent, but now on to the main event. I was right there in the front the whole time. And I was like, um, you know, every single song caught my attention. Every single thing was catchy, whether it be the music, the lyrics or the way the lyrics were sang. It, it was all put together so well. They did have an encore, though. After their last song, which is Tonight We Ride, uh, they played uh, the song Apex after everyone was shouting, one more song, one more song. And um, whenever she was saying, follow me to Apex, I was wearing my Apex shirt, and I was turning around uh, with my back towards the band. I was pointing at my shirt uh, to every time she said, follow me to Apex, it says, follow me to Apex on the back of my shirt. <laughs> so I, I thought I'd do that a couple times, and... Oh, uh, it, no, it was just awesome, man. Uh, there, there's no other way to describe it, but just amazing. Since I've seen them live and met them in person, I'm now an even bigger fan of them. They are my number one all-time favorite band, and it was so cool being able to tell them that in person, too. Um, and they all thanked me from the bottom of their hearts whenever I said that. Well, Xander, thank you for giving us the scoop on that awesome show. Uh, for those of us like myself who couldn't make it, man, I appreciate you sharing about what went down there and uh, keeping us hungry for the metal. Oh, absolutely. Uh, no problem. Uh, thank you again for having me on your show. Thanks for that, Xander. And We have some more metal on your way, this time going in the punk direction with JFK Blown Away.
That was Crossover Metal Marauder's Executive Disorder with their track, JFK Blown Away, off the 2017 album, Hail to the Chief. So, I had the privilege in September to attend the annual Prague Power USA Festival in Atlanta, Georgia. A four-day festival, I attended only the final two sessions on Friday and Saturday, which still had me seeing a dozen amazing bands. On Friday, the show opened with Swedish power metal clan Manimal. This band absolutely blew me away, and I'm not sure I've seen a metal screamer better than their frontman, Samuel Nyman, since back in 1990 during Judas Priest's Painkiller Tour. Next up was Endoran Progressive Death Metal Act, Persephone. Just great music and a mixture of technicality, brutality, and haunting emotion. Persephone was followed by Swedish power metal troupe, Bloodbound. Upbeat, classic power metal anthems capped off by the incredible title track from the band's first album, Nosferatu. Bloodbound was followed by one of the incredible surprises of the event, Italian power metalers Labyrinth, performing their classic album, Return to Heaven Denied, in its entirety. I was well aware of this great band and album, but was truly taken aback by their delivery live, and in particular, the performance of vocalist Roberto Taranti, a.k.a. Rob Tyrant. Man alive! That guy has amazing range, perfect pitch, and gave a flawless execution. I was awestruck. Up next were Redemption, a progressive metal group made up of international members featuring Evergrey vocalist Tom England. Although I wasn't super into their material, I was still impressed by the performance. The evening capped off with Sons of Apollo, a supergroup of sorts including Billy Sheehan, Mike Portnoy, and former Ingve singer Jeff Scott Soto. I'll admit this was a bit of a disappointment as they were a replacement for James Labrie who I had been super pumped to see but unfortunately had canceled. The final day was even better than the first with Norway's Triosphere hitting the stage in the early afternoon. Now I'd interviewed singer and bassist Ida Hawkland via Skype after the release of The Heart of the Matter back in 2014 but had never thought I'd get to see the band live so it was a dream come true to see them perform. Triosphere lived up to my expectations, including a generous helping of older material, such as Sunriser. Following Triosphere came Eclipse, probably the most melodic hard rock and AOR-friendly of the acts I saw over the weekend, but solid nonetheless. Very energetic on stage, and frontman Eric Martinson was a great performer. They definitely had the crowd energized, pumping their fists and singing along. Someone came next a change of pace and different mix of fans for this band that brought a mixture of alternative hard rock and post-metal to their sound. 
technically brilliant. I found Soin to be another band. I'd not anticipated relishing their performance to the extent I did. Netherlands Vuur followed, fronted by the legendary Annek van Heersbergen, along with former revamp guitarist Jord Otto and former Stream of Passion bassist Johan van Stratum. Oh my God, Annek absolutely killed it. They played most of their debut album, plus The Storm from their previous effort, The Gentle Storm, and a number of covers. Impressive musicianship and stagecraft. The last two bands of the festival were definitely both headline-worthy. Drunken pirate metal clan Ailstorm played for about an hour and a half and clearly would have played longer. The crowd went crazy for them, chanting along with songs such as Keelhauled, Fucked by an Anchor, and Winches and Mead. This is a band who keeps it simple, but can definitely deliver. And finally, the apex of the event, former Nightwish vocalist Tarja Tarunin making a rare U.S. appearance. I've gotten to see some amazing singers over the years, and Tarja is right there among the best. Her vocal delivery was superb, but beyond that, she absolutely owned the stage, chugging through the best of her solo albums with a few Nightwish classics thrown in. A visual and auditory beauty, Tarja amazed me. I would compare her to Dio, only Tarja is twice the singer and four times as metal. The whole dynamic of Progbauer is unreal. First, it takes place at Center Stage in Atlanta, a crazy intimate venue that holds a mere thousand people, but seems even smaller. You got to see all these bands up close and personal, and additionally, all the bands had signings and photo ops where you could meet them, albeit typically scheduled while another artist was performing. But the most amazing thing for a fan of European metal bands, it was a rare chance to see artists who may never tour the U.S. In two days, I saw four bands make their debut in the U.S. and several others who only rarely play here. For someone of limited means like myself, flying to Amsterdam or Gothenburg to see my favorite artists simply isn't feasible, but that drive to Atlanta for prog power is. In summary, Prog Power was one of the best concert experiences of my life, with an incredible array of artists, most of whom you wouldn't otherwise get to see perform in the United States. For metal fans in the U.S., I can't recommend strongly enough for you to make it to Prog Power at least once in your life. You won't be disappointed. And there'll be no disappointment with our final song for the show. Here's Wisconsin Act, Realm of Glass, with Forsaken.
Milwaukee Progressive Symphonic Metal Troupe Realm of Glass with their song Forsaken off the 2018 album Reveries from the Haunted. That wraps up this episode. Thanks to Xander for taking the time to join the show, as well as Executive Disorder, Realm of Glass, and Promethean Horde for contributing the killer metal tracks we played. Before we go, a reminder, we'll be back very soon with our final podcast of 2018, our annual countdown of the best metal albums of the year. We've been working since January in this effort, listening to hundreds of albums in a variety of genres to make up the list. Now, if you have suggestions of albums you believe need to be included, you can tweet us at Metal Debate or send an old school email to thegreatmetaldebate at gmail.com. Thanks for that and for all the feedback we receive. Until our next podcast, sell your soul for metal and defend it until your dying day. Metal Debate.